and and it's amazingly good. Uh, you know, I've spent hours playing with this stuff, and where VR typically I find very isolating and very disorienting, and I get sick really quick with VR. Uh, lots of people do. Um, I could spend all day with Jerry's stuff with Tilt Five, and you know, it's beautiful. It's not isolating. You have glasses on, but your your displays are effectively clear, and your Pico projectors are pointing out. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 163, recorded on December 12, 2023. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we chat with Sean Parent about the stories behind Jerry Ellsworth of Tilt 5, Greg Galanos of MetroWorks, Jean-Louis Gasset of Be Incorporated, and more. Oh yeah, so so this is, the Tilt 5 stuff is actually Jerry's, you know, second generation. So I've known Jerry Ellsworth I don't know, a long time. Uh, we both attend a conference called Hackers on occasion, and she's self-taught hardware person, uh, 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 brilliant. Uh, she kind of made a name for herself. She created a uh, Commodore 64, uh, like like in a little box that you could connect to your TV. So so like a I want to say emulator, but you know she she was basically re-implemented all the hardware and stuff in this tiny little box and put all these escape hatches. And so so this whole kind of uh, uh, a hacker community evolved around this little device that she she developed and she had been contracted to do it by, by, by some company. So she made a name for herself on that. And then she got a job at Steam uh, and she was doing research into VR stuff. And her story is she had on her workbench some Pico projectors for doing VR stuff, which would normally be projecting into your eye. And she had them sitting on her desk uh, uh, facing away from her uh, while she was trying to, to fix something on them. And while she was doing that, she happened to have a piece of retroreflective material draped over a chair uh, that she'd just been playing with for a, a side experiment. And what she got out of the Pico projector was a hologram projected against this uh, piece of, of retroreflective cloth and and tried to sell this idea to Steam or tried to pitch it to Steam, right? She worked at Steam mm-hmm. and, and they didn't want to go for it. And so she uh, uh, ended up left, leaving the company, but she was able to keep the IP. She believed in this so strongly. She was able to, to talk the CEO of Steam into letting her keep the IP. And so she left with the IP and she did a, a startup, boy, now I'm drawing a blank. We can look it up. But she did a startup between Steam and doing Tilt 5 uh, uh, where she was using this and she was pitching it for kind of all kinds of purposes. Like, you know, if you were an architect, you could, you know, instead of building physical models, you could bring in your clients and you could do this virtual model and your client could walk around and point to things. And and so so she tried to make a run at it from us from this startup and ran out of funding uh, and somehow managed to walk away with the IP again and then started Tilt 5. And Tilt 5 now has gotten to the point where they're shipping product and and it's amazingly good. Uh, you know, I've spent hours playing with this stuff and where VR typically I find very isolating and very disorienting and I get sick really quick with VR. Uh, lots of people do. Um, I could spend all day with 
Jerry's stuff with Tilt 5, and you know it's beautiful. It's not isolating. You have glasses on, but your your displays are effectively clear, and your Pico projectors are pointing out. Um, uh, and so your your view of the rest of the world is unobstructed, and you got this very crisp display. Uh, uh, the display that comes back is actually a light field display, which means that that the the display has natural depth. And so so by just changing you, your eye focus, you can focus on what's close to you or what's far away. Oh wow! And um, uh, so so it's incredibly impressive. And then she's done a lot of stuff uh, to get uh, uh, visual persistence and high frame rates and. So in the stuff that I did for Lightroom Mobile and Lightroom Web, and now Photoshop Mobile and Photoshop Web, I frankly stole a bunch of ideas from her to get to get smooth smooth pan and zoom uh, working in those those products and uh, very high frame rates. Uh, uh, she has some really nice software techniques to to keep everything locked. So it's interesting, even if the uh, like even if your computer freezes, there's enough intelligence in the glasses that you still can can move around. And, and see different angles of the scene that's frozen. Huh. Huh? So it's, uh, uh, yeah. So for your listener, I, I strongly recommend they go out and, and, and buy a, a Tilt 5 system. And... Yeah. I mean, link will be in the description. Let's check how much it costs. It's much cheaper than a, actually, I don't know how much the, what is it? What do they call it? Oculus? Uh, do they still call it the same thing? But I know the the Apple one is like thousands. Yeah, that's Tilt Five did a great ad where they're like they're like you could buy the Apple system or you could build buy a Tilt Five system for you and all your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It says here that there's a bundle for uh, like six fifty nine. I'm guessing this isn't Canadian because my browser should recognize I'm in Canada. But yeah, I will definitely be looking into this and. Uh, two, I, two things we, we couldn't remember the name of. Um, so Technical Illusions, I think, was the first start- startup, uh, according to her Wikipedia page. And then also Compiler Construction, I believe, was the name of the Nicholas Wirth book. When I googled uh, Nicholas Wirth Compiler book, Compiler Construction came up, which said as it was initially published in 1996. But yeah, links to all of this stuff will be in the description. Uh, first published in 1996. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> I found a 96, a 2005, and a 2017, and definitely it wasn't <laughs> wasn't the latter ones. But uh, okay, we'll find we'll find the initial publishing date. But this is very cool, and I feel like this guy. You know, Bryce isn't interested, but uh, I feel like this kind of, you know, this combined with like a D and D type of thing, um, you can still use your imagination, but still it would be very cool to. And and it kind of like removes like a ton of limitations on, you know. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe in Bryce's opinion, it, it constrains you because now you have to design everything. And you I would try it. it. You're, I, you're muted, I Bryce. would try oh. it. <laughs> Bryce is, Bryce is I was mute. saying I would try it. I would try it. It's, it's, it's very cool in, you know, kind of a group setting. You can get, you know, three or four people with the glasses looking at the same table and you all see the table from your own perspective. Right. Right. right? And then you've got the the virtualness so that you can have the dungeon master who 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 can see additional information right right on the table yeah 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 can't see um uh, but it's one of those things where where you kind of have to see it before you appreciate it because like you can stand up and walk around the entire table and see all the sides yeah 
so it's it's the closest thing to um, uh, uh, you know the Star Wars holograms. That- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I've I mean this was a not like a pipe dream, but like I've I've written a Scrabble training program called Hookstar, which basically is a combination between family feud and scrabble that every time let's you talk about the name let's talk about the name though uh it's it's just a misspelling of my last name but uh <laughs> hooks are a very common term in scrabble where you yes. build one word by spelling that word but then hooking off of another word which like the most common hook obviously is an s you can hook an s to make something plural or to change the tense and then spell another word. But there's a bunch of other way, way less common hooks. Like if you are changing the word hat by adding a prefix C to make chat. And then there's a bunch of crazy hooks. Like a very common one that all Scrabble pros know about is uh, E-A-U is a valid Scrabble word. That is just the French word for water, but it shows up in English dictionaries. So it's it's playable. But the plural is also a, a very common Scrabble word, E-A-U-X. And a lot of people, a lot of Scrabble pros know that like beginner Scrabble players don't know that word. So they will specifically put the EAU with a triple word or letter score after uh, the EAU so that they can get like a triple X in two different directions and turn that eight points into what is eight times six, 48 points for a single letter. Anyways, going on a tangent here. I've always thought it would be cool to play a uh, like holographic Scrabble that shows you these kinds of like word hints and stuff. And then also, too, one of the things about Scrabble is you have to spin the board because it's easier to find words if it's facing you. But with a holographic one, just as you mentioned, you can change the perspective. Um, and technically, I think you could have just like each person looking at the board, um, you know, the correct way. Like you, or it's, it sounds like it would be capable to basically just have a first, you know, player point of view for each person. And then when you're placing it, it'll just show like the reflected version to the other person. And uh, I always thought about building like a hardware version of this, but I was like, that's way too involved. But now it sounds like this wouldn't be too hard to take like a Python 2D application with some knowledge and like translate it into sort of this 3D augmented version, which would be super cool. They have a really nice SDK too that, you know, helps with the, uh, you know, so you don't have to become the, the 3D expert or. or right. <laughs> so, yeah. So definitely check it out. Um, and the, also, any of the systems you purchase are the, um, uh, you know, are the developer system. So, so you don't need a separate system to do development on it, and you can just you can just buy the system and download the SDK and and, and, and wow. write your code. This is gonna. This is the. This sky is unlimited. Now I'm thinking of I can just carry. Like it's even better than carrying a Scrabble board around because those things are pretty hefty. All you need is these two glasses and some power source, or I'm sure there's batteries on it. You could take this on a plane, and then you know, sitting next to your friend. Just both be sitting forward and then play a board game virtually. Yeah. All right, that would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. You do need the little. You do need the retroreflective mat. So you're gonna need like, uh, you know, talk to Jerry about making like airplane tray sized mats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so you can do that. That's. A, I have no idea how we went on this hard, hard left or right tangent. We were <laughs> talking about hard. You know, hardware and how is it is it easier or harder for somebody to get to get started in, in hardware these days than, than it was when, when Nicholas Virat was building a, a, a Lilith machine. So, so, and I think it's a little bit of both, right? Right. There are some things that are easier and some things that are harder. So, and, and Jerry's my example of, uh, you know, the amazing things a small company can do. Wow. Do you know if is, I guess this, uh, IP is patented I'm my guess by tilt five. So there's no chance of, uh, like Microsoft HoloLens, 
uh, like stealing this and, uh, you know. Yeah, not until the patents expire. So Whenever that lasts. Interesting. I had no idea about this. Definitely check it out. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, where do we? I mean, where? So if I if we skip all the way back to, uh, I'm trying to find where's the tab. I've got like 40 tabs open now <laughs> with the uh, the you know Wikipedia profile of uh, Jerry Ellsworth and all the the different things. The links will all be in the show notes. Um, I'm trying to think if you know you mentioned MetroWorks and that you had uh, written some projects in Modula Two, uh, and then I think yeah you posted something earlier about. Uh, I guess we sort of covered that. Yeah. C++ was used to replace Object Pascal. So I guess, yeah, like to wrap things up, because I know this is kind of like the time we were aiming to end at, you know, is there anything more to say about the, because I have absolutely, you know, no idea what the MetroWorks Code Warrior IDE was, or, you know, the, you mentioned the Modula 2 projects, or any of those things um, worth mentioning, like you linked to the Lilith computer, so we'll definitely throw that in the in the show notes if folks want to read more about it. Um, was there anything special about those IDEs and so Code Warrior, I kind of view as the precursor to to every modern IDE. I mean, it was really, even though when did it, it come out, or I I don't know offhand. So it, it would have been maybe ninety three or ninety four, right in there. Could be ninety two. Wikipedia says December twenty third, nineteen ninety three. So you're exactly correct. Yep. So so Greg Galanos just on his own wrote a Modula two compiler and he was selling it to a handful of Mac people, myself included. And so, you know, when I got stuck in Modula 2, I would pick up the phone and call their tech support and it would be Greg Gallinos on the other end. Um, uh, uh, rest in peace, Greg, Greg passed away here recently. And then when Apple switched to PowerPC, that left this compiler gap in the, in the space. And Apple's compiler at the time was pretty horrible. There was the most people were using uh, uh, I think it was called Lightspeed C uh, at the time for actually doing Mac development, but they had a 68K backend and no PowerPC backend. Um, uh, IBM had a good compiler, but you needed a a power workstation to actually run it, um, so that wasn't very approachable. And so Greg Galanos decided, hey, I know all the compiler people in the industry. Um, uh, I could go build a virtual company if I don't ask these people to all move to one location. If I just call them up and say, "Hey, let's let's build an IDE and build a compiler," uh, 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 we can do it. So they created the you know MetroWorks Code Warrior was their IDE, and they had a C++ compiler, and and almost all of the PowerPC projects on the Mac at the time were built on top of it, and it was you know an incredibly successful project. And, you know, at one point they uh, uh, purchased some technology which was called Latitude, which was was because they were trying to branch out onto Windows. And so they shipped their compiler for a while on Windows. They purchased some technology called Latitude, which lets you run uh, Mac software to a limited degree on Windows. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned in one of our previous talks, but at one point after Steve Jobs came over, uh, retook over Apple and there was this gap where Apple was pushing Rhapsody and no company was looking to support Rhapsody. I cook up, cooked up this idea with uh, with Eric Trout, who Eric Trout had done the dynamic uh, uh, recompiling emulator for 68K code to run on PowerPC at Apple. And then he did uh, virtual PC at Connectix 
and some other products at Connectix, uh, a virtual PlayStation at Connectix, so you could you could emulate uh, uh, PlayStation One on your Mac. Uh, he and I had this idea of if Apple isn't going to support traditional Mac anymore, uh, why don't we talk to B to the guys at B and uh, we think we know enough people in the industry and we could get together a plan to build a Mac competitor. And so we talked to our engineer friends and invited them to a meeting and somehow we ended up in a meeting uh, with Jean-Louis Gasset, who was the CEO of, of B. Uh, for people who don't know, B made their own computers based off a 603 PowerPC chip uh, running their own, own OS called BOS at the time. And uh, Jean-Louis Gasset had come out of Apple. And so, so they were building this machine. And Apple had started licensing Mac OS. And so there were a lot of people who were going to build Mac clones, uh, including uh, uh, IBM, who at the time IBM built ThinkPads, and IBM was going to build a PowerPC ThinkPad um, uh, running Mac OS. And then Steve Jobs came back and squashed all the clones, <laughs> all those ideas. Smart. And so, so IBM was very far along that, that pipe. So we end up in this meeting with a bunch of CEOs and executives at various companies to pitch this idea. And basically our idea was, look, uh, we can take the, uh, Connectix has something that they called Speed Doubler, which was a very fast dynamic recompiling emulator for 68K, because at the time to run, to run Mac, you still needed to emulate some amount of 68K even on PowerPC. So it's like, so we've got the emulator, um, we've got Greg Galanos here, and he owns a uh, compatibility shim for Mac OS, uh, which actually just implements a whole bunch of Mac OS from the ground up. Uh, we've got the B operating system, and we've got uh, Jean-Louis Gasset, and the thinking was, and then we have hardware manufacturers who are sitting waiting to ship PowerPC, uh, Macs. And we said, well, instead of shipping PowerPC Macs, how about we build uh, Mac clones and, and and sitting on top of the B operating system and let you run Mac software and, and, and ship this new hardware. So I was involved with Greg in that. It all ultimately fell apart largely because everybody said, well, we need high profile apps to ship on this thing. And I went to John Warnock and John said no, that he, uh, although he didn't believe in what Steve was doing with Rhapsody, he was not going to uh, uh, you know, undermine Steve and take him on head to head with a Mac compatible clone. And so, so without uh, a high profile app that was committed to this uh, 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 hybrid machine, the effort kind of fell apart and, and it was very complicated anyways. We had, you know, so many companies and people involved and all with their own take and, and, you know, who was going to license what to who and who was going to build what was, uh, uh, a, a very complicated mess. So Greg was involved with that. And then, as I mentioned, Greg had a, a, a Windows business, and then he decided to sell his Intel compiler and his Windows business to Nokia. And he sold that off. And then like two weeks later, Apple announced that Apple was moving from PowerPC to Intel. <laughs> they gave him no heads up. And, and that basically killed killed MetroWorks and Code Warrior. Uh, I was at the Apple's WWDC, you know, with Greg when that was announced and, and uh, uh, you know, we were 
kind of in a back room and yeah he was he was in tears it was like the end of his company in in one fell swoop you know he went on just not like he was doing doing poorly he went on to to be a venture capitalist for softbank for kind of the, the rest of his career but um but i guess it's 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 less about uh whether you're doing well or not, it's, you know, if you built a thing and you want to see it succeed. Exactly. Uh, you know, a horrible thing. And it comes about, you know, I always think Apple is just way too, way too closed and doesn't communicate well with their developers. And that's, that's one historical example of uh, if they had been communicating with their number one tool vendor in advance, uh, uh, then he would have been ready day one with an Intel compiler. Uh, but Apple was building their own Xcode compiler and wasn't talking and uh, uh, blindsided him. And so, Just like on Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> You've been voted off the island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's my, my MetroWorks story. Well, that's a pretty good one, I got to say. Greg was a super nice guy. I mean, I still work uh, 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 Eric Scouten at... Uh, at, at Adobe um, was one of the the, the MetroWorks uh, compiler guys, and he's he's now doing the the uh, content authenticity work that I mentioned earlier. So um, uh, kind of small world. Well, probably we've kept you for an hour and a half now, and uh, yeah, we gotta let I you. Mean, we usually do. <laughs> yeah, this is, I know. I mean, I mean, I feel like th- I think this is the second time. We, I looked I, I looked back when we had interviewed. We, I think we did two or three times in 2021, and then we did zero times in 2022. It's, you know, we upset our listeners to no end, and you, as we, we would mention every other episode, oh, we'll have Sean on, and we'll reach out to him at some point. Then we never did. And then this is the second time of 2023, so we will make sure, we promise the listener, we will not go through 2024 without at least once, but probably multiple times. I mean, hopefully... I'm not sure what conferences. If you've started yeah, to I was think about, about say, that what, yet, uh, when are we going to see you next? What 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 are your? You know, I don't know, right? I have no conference commitments right now. I've well, got an invite to a user group meeting. Uh, what is it? Northwest user group meeting up in. Uh... Well, hey, I, I I hear that there's that there's a bunch of Adobe C plus plus people in New York now, and we have a meetup in New York. You you can come here and visit us, and then kind of come visit me. Who are all the Who are all the New York? Is, is David's didn't move down to? I guess yeah, he's probably he's got a big family, yeah, so he's uh, stayed David in. Sankel's here, and then recent. Cool. Well, uh, uh, let me know, let me know when you're heading to town. I will take you to uh, to get good food. Yeah, sometime in the spring, I will be um, uh, in the Seattle area giving a talk at the Northwest Meetup. I got to figure out dates for that. Uh, and Adobe has an office in. Uh, Seattle area, so I want to spend some time there. Uh, we didn't talk at all. Dave and I, Dave Abrahams and I, gave a talk at CppCon on contracts. <laughs> we can talk about that next time. Yeah. How do you think C contracts are going? How do I think C contracts are going? I I I I don't know. <laughs> uh, Me neither. I yeah. I, I don't think they're completely off the rails, but they're also not not quite what I want yet. Uh, some of what I want, they will support. I'm just more opinionated. I would enforce as opposed to support. Um, uh, and then and then some of what I want, they don't support yet. So uh, yeah, so we can talk about contracts next time. Cue that up. 
We will we cool. will definitely queue that up. And and I mean, depending on how schedules work out, but I assume. Uh, or so does the New York C plus plus meetup? Do they have a set location, or does it hop around to whoever's hosting? Sometimes it's at Adobe. So that's what I was going to. I'm I'm going to guess that it's going to be held at Adobe. So maybe I'm assuming Bryce, pending he's in New York at the time, will be attending. Yeah, which is not not at all a given. Yeah. So if if I mean if if Bryce is going to be there, maybe I'll uh, depending on what my schedule is, I'll I'll hop down because Toronto's. Well, like, even even if I'm not going to be there, because you can always just stay at my apartment. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, yeah. it would be cool if you were there, and then yeah, it uh, would be cool, we came yeah. down, and then we could do like a you know we didn't we wouldn't have to record for a whole extra hour and a half down there, but we could do like a little mini thing. If I'm assuming there'd be oh, some yeah. kind of social afterwards, and uh, presumably, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, usually some folks go out for for um, uh, for drinks at some bar afterwards. Um, it depends on who's there, and also I suppose the uh, the weather. There you go. You can. We can do uh, drunk podcasting again, like at. Uh... <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. C. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. That was yeah. Like I've said it on multiple times. It's got to be one of the high. I, oh yeah, our get ready, Bryce. Our New Year. You know, reflecting on 2023, looking ahead forward to 2024, which was one of my one of my favorite episodes. Is when you came up with the Star Wars analogy. And, uh, <laughs> definitely in my top five will be. Will be the C plus plus on C uh, recording. Uh, not oh, just I guess a- I got to start thinking about what my top five are, is. I mean, obviously, there's the road trip that was pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be hard to hard to match that. It's gonna be hard to beat that. Yeah. No. I think uh, Dave Abrahams might be at C plus plus on C this year. So. Oh. Okay. I don't know if they're open for submissions yet. I. Uh, I don't think so because uh, I mean I'm not. Sh- I think Phil listens now and again to these and if he is um i mean he'll probably be nodding his head or not nodding <laughs> we, his we're head. so lazy we, we 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 don't we we can't even send an email to somebody it's just like hey we'll put this message out there on the podcast yeah but <laughs> I, I he'll listen and then they'll contact i us. monitor the uh the cfps and uh i know right now that it's not open for c plus plus on c because there is at least one, and I think I saw a headline that said there's two other conferences that Phil is running um, in in along with C plus plus on C, and the first one is a virtual one that's happening, I think, in early 2024, like in February. So I think most of his yeah. uh, attention right now is is focused on running that virtual conference. Yeah. Um, and, that's cool. Uh, I think the CFP has opened and closed for that one. That's an online C plus plus conference. I don't. I think it's just called C plus plus online or something like that. Anyways, notes will be in the link will be in the show notes and yeah hopefully if not in february or march at some other conference later in 2024 we'll all be able to meet up again and that would be fun and yeah thanks thanks for taking your time to chat with us once again obviously the listeners are thrilled you know you're probably half the reason why our podcast has taken off uh <laughs> that's <you're>, definitely true <laughs> your stories are you know they stand far and tall above every, all, all the other ones uh <laughs> yeah, you know at some point i'm gonna run out of old stories so <laughs> I, I, I have a hard time believing that because uh, you know it's just gonna take us migrating to a different topic to jog your memory of <laughs> to be shouting at the podcast why aren't they mentioning this and uh and then poof then we'll 
we'll have a whole new set. And if not, we're just going to have to meet up in person and, you know, have drinks and just, just chat. And, you know, I, I still think those are wildly entertaining to the listeners. So we haven't even gone through all of the stories that I have, that I have heard of Sean in my few years of knowing him. I, I feel like we're going to be, I feel like we'll have plenty, plenty of content for the uh, anticipated lifespan of this podcast. Well, well, the lifespan is, you know, I thought you said forever. <laughs> okay, all right, fair point. Until fair one point. of us murders each other. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was just making a commentary on how long I think it'll take for us to get there. Uh, what, what's the latest on uh, Better Code, the future book? I've got uh, an entire team making as fastest progress as I was making on the book before. So... <laughs> That's a very, that's a very that's, that, that interesting statement. <laughs> you know, that could be interpreted as a good thing, uh, but if you know how, how the progress was, the, the speed of the progress before, uh. yeah. So, so yes, progress is 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 not going as rapidly as I would like, but uh, we are kind of doubling down at least on our commitments for this next year. So, well, that's good. We will see. We have not abandoned the effort think increasingly we all believe in the effort so all right cool well on that note until next time thanks for coming on and uh we will we will chat in the future probably next year be sure to check the show notes either in your podcast app or at adspthepodcast.com for links to anything we mentioned in today's episode as well as a link to a github discussion where you can leave thoughts comments and questions thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed and have a happy new year <laughs> low quality high quantity that is the tagline of our podcast it's not the tagline. Our tagline is chaos with sprinkles of information.